This episode of the Lunch Break Podcast is brought to you by the sales developers. They believe that outbound sales requires a consistent commitment to the process, and they understand the tedious and time-consuming task of sourcing, hiring, and onboarding new sales talent. Besides providing premium quality contact data, outbound prospecting services, and expert consulting to consistently fill your sales buckets, they have built the ultimate sales enablement tool, Uplevel. It lets you uplevel your skills by managing all of your playbooks and scripts in one place. Still writing your favorite opening lines on sticky notes? Are your training and guides in a hundred different folders? Do you wish you had a way to develop a playbook to actually enable your team? With Uplevel, you can easily do it all. Whether you're a rep or a leader, your job just got a whole lot easier. Start for free today and you can go to thesalesdevelopers.com backslash Uplevel. You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 30 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. My name is James Bodden, and I am incredibly excited about my guest today for episode 30. Sherry Henry is a B2B sales professional with decades of experience and somebody that I've had the pleasure of working with. So I've seen firsthand Sherry's passion for the sales game her knowledge of how to interact with buyers, prospects, how to build an effective sales process, just tons and tons of value that Sherry brings to the table in any sales team. And I've seen it firsthand, so I'm very, very excited about what we talk about in today's episode. We cover how she got started in sales. Look, she started out cold calling, first sales job, dove right in. She's worked for companies like SaaS, companies like Citrix. She's literally somebody that has had such a varied sales career and taken the valuable things that she's learned in each role and carried them to the next one and her next adventure that she takes on. But if you don't have time, to listen to the entire episode right now, I'm going to serve up a snack break sales tip from Sherry Henry about the importance of to-do lists and how to break it down. Take a listen. Sherry, what is a sales tip that these listeners can use when they get uh, back to their desks? Um, One thing that I've done, started many, many years ago and continue to do it is a to-do list. And I know many people say that, but I live by it. I live by it. I have to write it down because if I don't write it down, I won't remember. But however you do it, speak it into your phone, write it, however. Um, Because what that does is it allows you to stay focused on what you need to do and leaves the fluff behind. I I have actually a list where I put my must-to-dos, my get-it-done, and my I'll get to it when I get to it. And it keeps in, in every day. For me, it's every day. I know a lot of people who do it by the week. Um, But for me, it's every night. The last thing I do before I go to bed is, okay, what do I need to get? What's the most important thing I need to get accomplished in the morning? Hard or easy? Those are the first things, is get those things done. And just kind of move through it. And it definitely keeps me on task. Now, that's with anything. 
If uh, personal development is, is high priority to you, then what in personal development? What do I need to learn? Aside from I need to make this many calls, aside from I need to send this many emails, there's a point in the day, you can carve out an hour a day to say, okay, I need some personal development and stick that in there and hold yourself to that. There's something about writing it down such an actionable snack break sales tip from Sherry Henry. So look, if you got to get back to your desk, go for it. Listen when you can. And if you're sticking with me, I'm assuming that you have at least a minute to spare. So with that, here's another mindful minute from the mindful sales rep himself, Keith Cordero. Hey, everyone. This is Keith Cordero with another mindful minute brought to you by the mindful sales rep. This week, I want to continue our discussion on the Noble Eightfold Path with the next step, right thought or right thinking. Dharma teacher Anushka Fernanda Foley describes the mind as a platform of a train station where different trains of thought pull through the station in each moment, headed to various destinations, childhood memories, food cravings, sensual desire, etc. The untrained mind jumps onto every train without thinking of whether it's taking us towards understanding, compassion, and joy or down the path of attachment, delusion, and suffering. When this happens, our mind and body become disconnected. Our body is here in the present moment, but our mind is far off in the distance, thinking about the new comp plan or how many prospecting calls we've got to get done before lunch. Mindful breathing or conscious breathing can instantly pull our mind back to our body and into the present moment. During today's meditation, I want you to focus on your thoughts and ask yourself, where is this thought headed before deciding on whether you will jump on for the ride? Good luck. <sighs> okay, guys, this is it. Episode 30 with Sherry Henry, the Lunch Break Podcast. Here we go. I am insanely excited to kick off this episode 30 of the Lunch Break Podcast because my guest is somebody that I just absolutely love as a human being. Sherry Henry, thank you so much for joining me on episode 30 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And thank you for the love. I love you back. I knew that for a long time I wanted to have you on the podcast and, and just really excited about having you here. And so we can just dive in like we always do. Uh, Sherry, tell us about how you got started in sales? Um, it's going to be a quirky little story. You're from here, so you may remember this. Do you remember Mr. Cash? Do you remember no. those? You don't remember? Oh, my oh. goodness. Oh, wait, so, wait. There, there was a commercial where it was like a song with it, too. Yes. Yes, yes. I do. He was a lender, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Cash. <laughs> I actually started my sales career with Mr. Cash. Right. And I started out cold calling people. Mm. I would call, people would call in that number, you know, they need cash for this, whatever. Yeah. I was that person. Somebody out there probably talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's where my sales career started. Back when, you know, the fearless cold calls, way back then, mm. uh, talking to people who wanted to borrow money for whatever reason. Wow. And it kind of grew. It, it grew from there. Oh my gosh. Uh, doing that, fast forwarding. And then I was a recruiter for a little while. Uh, recruited right. medical sales reps, uh, did that, and then ended up at SAS. And that's when I started into technology sales. Yeah. That's all the way back in 1995. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So I did that. I started out um, at SAS actually reviewing uh, contracts for the alliances. 
and it grew into sales and it's been sales ever since. Hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. I think SaaS is like a legendary company around these Absolutely. Durham, Cary, North Carolina area. And it's all, it, that's kind of like one of those places that to me has always seemed like um, almost like a, a, a Neverland or like a Nirvana type place where yes. it's like, Delicious. because they have all these amenities and they were kind of the first company that, that, around here yeah. that cared about that kind of thing. Yes, employees first, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so, and that was way back when, and, and so you start out and you're cold calling these people that are, are calling into Mr. <laughs> Cash, and I remember now the, the jingle and everything. Yeah. So it, this, this is something that I, I speak with, you know, many different people about, but the value of your first sales job Mm-hmm. being kind of crappy and yeah. like, and, and about, and on the phones. Yes. So do you feel like, how valuable do you feel like that experience was? I think that was definitely an invaluable experience because you're crappy and you know, you're crappy mm-hmm. and it's okay. I tell people who I talk to, because I'm an advocate, I think more people should get into software sales. I just think it's the place to be. But I feel that if you can get all, get somewhere where you can get all of that out mm-hmm. in the beginning, fail hard fast. Yes. It, it's definitely how I think. And it allowed me to do that. It, it allowed me to, and then they didn't know me. So I think what a lot of people don't understand is these people don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. So if you mess up, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And you learn as you go. So then you begin to hear the things you're saying. What worked? What didn't work? That worked. Let me hold on to that. That I bombed. Let me get rid of that. So it was definitely a ground that kind of, um, you know, allowed me to, to be tilled. You yeah. Know, to find out what, what my groove was. You know, find out who I was and then apply that to that. Yeah, I love it. And, and I think it's, and I don't know, I mean, everybody wants to be successful and kind of uh, be whatever their vision of what a successful salesperson looks like. And what I try and tell new salespeople is that, well, the successful salespeople are the ones that are doing the cold calling and have done cold calling for as long as they have been a salesperson and continue to do it and continue to try and get better because nobody's good at cold calling. Um, but never, you know, they never get away from that kind of core of this is how you figure something out. Exactly. Whether you need to figure out how you, you know, you act as a salesperson or you need to figure out uh, what a market looks like, whether a, a product is a fit. I mean, the, the way to do that is through picking up the phone and just, like and just said, failing hard and failing fast and, and, um, so yeah, I mean, being in that environment, for some people, I think it's a great qualifier too. I think it- Absolutely. And I think- Leave if you don't like it. <laughs> exactly. And I think what's even different from how I started to now is, in my opinion, um, you know, people say it's cold calling dead. I would arguably say yes, because with all the information we have, the, cold is no, the call is no longer cold. Yep. You know what I mean? You can find out almost anything you want to know about anybody. And I think 
that that's definitely a benefit for those people who are just going into it. You know, um, the, the younger generation now is absolutely more uh, social media technology savvy than I was, of course. You know, I was back in the stone ages, but I think what I would hope would new salespeople would understand is that was the fear part. The fear part was, I know nothing. Yeah. I have their name and their phone number. You have so much more information available now. So you, I think now you can learn. It's not so much about it being a person you don't know or cold calling. It's more so much more about you being comfortable with yourself yeah. and your message. Yeah. So I would say focus. You can find out whatever you want. Focus more on your approach. You know, the, here's the pitch. Well, how does it sound when I say it? How can I make it more conversational? You know, how can I make it sound more like me? I think is where the focus should need to be because there's no fear in cold calling now. Yeah, look, I, you you touch on something so important because it's it's important to realize that cold calling, the term cold call is such a broad term that Absolutely. and has existed for a long time. And the definition is definitely very different than a cold call from the 90s where you Absolutely. have you know, no access to the internet and a piece of paper that they may have filled out or something like that. Exactly. As opposed to, sure, you have a list of people that you've never spoken to and have never heard of your company, but you know where they work, what they do. Uh, you may even be able to find out some personal things about them. Exactly. through social I mean, so all of these things and kind of what you're touching on is that the argument isn't whether cold calling is alive or dead or whether you should be, because that's just kind of, uh, a channel discussion. Exactly. Like maybe it's not, maybe you shouldn't be cold calling because of what you're selling and who you're selling it to, but really it's about the fear. Yes. And what I've realized. So, um, and, and I want to get into kind of the last half of your sales career as well, because I feel mm -hmm. like you've done some really interesting things there, but before we kind of move on, it's been interesting this past week being at the sales developers, you know, their whole business is built around cold calling. And mm -hmm. so, uh, in order for us to do that at the high volumes that we're required to do, uh, they've removed all of the obstacles. Mm -hmm. And that was always one of my problems at, at other sales jobs is even if you're in the right mindset and even if you do feel like you're going to go kill it on the phone, sometimes, you know, you pick up and there's some weird problem with the CRM yeah. or the, you know, you don't have faith in the list that you're calling yes. or, yes. You don't feel like the script is good. Um, and, you know, so all of those things are really what keep people, f at least for me, has been what's kept me from cold calling. Once you remove Absolutely. those obstacles and those barriers, then it's like, and you touched on another amazing point too. Look, detach yourself from the outcome. You're reading a script that wasn't written by you in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. You are representing a company that's not your own company exactly it's not like it's your company exactly um so you 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 know have this kind of foundation of of knowing that that's kind of a pillar of being a successful salesperson and then you end up at a place like SaaS uh, mm -hmm. and and get into a sales role there so explain to us you know okay from there until you know what you're doing now and and in software um how that transformation came about Absolutely. So I was at SAS for about six years. Um, learned a lot. SAS is a phenomenal company. Um, I actually um, had my son and I kind of wanted to do something different. I wanted to take all that I've learned at SAS, all that I experienced and say, hey, 
you know. Um, so I did that and I went out and I've worked for companies like um, Progress Software, which is another great company here um, in Morrisville that's based out of Boston. Um, I worked uh, uh, briefly at NetApp um, and, and other technology places uh, like that. And I can say that um, as far as sales, everyone has their own way of kind of doing things, but I think it always comes back to the same philosophies. And please pardon me for that. I thought I had turned off my notifications. You're fine. But um, I think it all just comes back to finding, I think it comes back to personal. I, I really do. I think it, no matter where you are or, yeah. or what you're selling, especially in the in in uh, technology technology being here big here in Raleigh, it comes back to personal. I think for me, what has made me successful at each place has been that one moving myself from from the prospecting process, but also. Uh, learning here. Okay. Never stop learning. I guess I, I hate to jump to my tip, but it's kind of falls into <laughs> yeah. what I say. Yeah. But never stop learning. But you don't have to keep everything. Yeah. This makes sense for me. So I'm gonna let the rest of this go. I'm gonna hold on to this. And then before you know it, you have these wonderful pieces that works well with you, that works well for your personality. And then you just follow the steps. The steps of sales don't ever change. I don't care yes. where you are. Yeah. That's all the same. There's the beginning, there's the middle, there's the close where we all want to get to. But, you know, always be prospecting, keep the funnel, keep the funnel full, you know, yeah. as they move down, prioritize, you know, are we one, and, and I've learned some awesome things at Citrix is um, putting a percentage to where you are. Is it 25% ready? Is it 60% ready? 75%, 100% PO, we done, we got the money, we're good. So yeah. I think the, those are the parts I think people should, should definitely focus on. Um, Practice is what's going to make you good. Mm -hmm. Understanding that when you're rejected, it's not you. They don't know you. Yep. You doesn't know? matter. Doesn't matter. Remove yourself from that process. Get the middle process down. These Step one, step two, step three, step four. Regardless of where you go. Yeah. That's what will make you successful. And then you'll learn more as you go. Take away something. Add something else. I learned this. That sounds good. I think that sounds like me. Yeah. You know, I'm convinced that people buy from people they like. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and you're completely right. And I, I, I love that because it's almost like by the end of a, uh, a long successful sales career, it's almost like you've got this mosaic, you know, that you've been able to put together and piece together over the different companies and the different roles. And you're kind of just taking the best parts about each of those experiences mm -hmm. and rolling it over into the next one. Um, which, brings me to, to what I think is interesting about your experience is because a lot of people would die to get a job at a place like SAS and stay there for 6, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, I think that is a, a notion that is like more and more less likely these days, but I still feel like people want that. Like yeah. they they would Absolutely. to have that 20 year career at one company and get the gold ring or the yeah. um, once it's all said and done. But I think you're a prime example of like, okay, yeah, you can, you stayed somewhere long enough, which I think is very key, staying somewhere long enough to actually yeah. learn something and actually get better at what you came there to do. I think that's very valuable, but had the wherewithal to say, okay, look, I've been here. For a good amount of time. I've learned a lot of good things, but I want to go do 
something new because I, you know, it's like you knew the, the compound effect that that has. And it's, um, I think it's kind of a weird time for especially salespeople and especially in the tech world and tech sales, because in my opinion, especially if you're younger, like you should be doing that. You should be trying out a lot of different places and a lot of different things. But sometimes that, you know, can come back and bite you in the butt with like a resume where, you know, somebody looks at it and, oh, he's only worked here, you know, places for about a year, a year and a half, or, or I think the, the red flag is under a year, right? Yeah. So not yeah. staying anywhere for more than six months. That goes back to stay somewhere long enough to learn something. But um, I think you're, you're a good example of that, you know, well, actually what it does is it allows you to kind of have a lot of different experiences and, and, and be, I almost feel like it's um, like one of those cartoons where the, all the different robots join together to make one big yeah, robot. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's what it is. And then, so by the time you're showing up to your next role, you're like this newly formed robot that now has these extra skills that you didn't have before that last job, you know, yeah. showing up with, with all of this experience. And so um, something you said earlier that I, I thought was awesome and I agree with you that I wanted to touch on is, is, you know, you said more people should think about getting into software sales. Absolutely. And I completely agree because I was thinking about this this morning when I was thinking about having you on the show and kind of your background and my background. I mean, it's not like either of us went to prestigious universities and, uh, you know, got an internship at Goldman Sachs and then began our, you know, corporate sales career. You know, it was like, you got a job picking up the phone for Mr. Cash, cash loans. And I was, you know, selling batteries at Radio Shack. And um, I think one of the reasons that I love the sales profession so much is it's almost like a land of broken toys. Yes. It's almost like if you can't figure out what to do, you might as well try this. Exactly. <laughs> and then you'll be surprised about what you learn about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's so powerful about that approach is in that way of looking at it, like let's welcome as many people as we can into this yeah. profession called sales because, you know, it's such a unique experience because in what other role, uh, what, what other profession could you, you know, come in with zero experience and then be the lifeblood of that business. Exactly. Exactly. You and know? how exciting is that? You know what I mean? It's really going, I feel like sales is that, it's like the army, come, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be all you can be. Be all you can be, you yeah. know, in, in technology sales, but it does that. I think what going in technology sales does is, is absolutely let you know who you are. You mm-hmm. find out if that's for you. Uh, you find out if marketing works better for you. You find out, you know, maybe I'm not good at being the number one salesperson, but I'm good at managing. I'm good at operations. Mm-hmm. I think it can just lead you into so many directions. You find out exactly who you are. And I feel like there's no shame in that to say, you know what, I tried it. And this part of sales was, wasn't for me, but I really like this organizational stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And the technology companies here are wonderful. Yeah. We have some you know, really big name technology companies right here, right yeah. here. Um, for instance, Citrus has a university um, where they, not a university, a program 
for yeah. kids who are graduating to come in. You know what? This is your first job. We're going to put you in sales. Some of them love it. Some of them won't, but they'll know. You'll be closer to this is what I'm supposed to do. So absolutely, I'm an advocate for that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it puts you kind of squarely in, in the middle of a business where hopefully you're getting the opportunity to see all of the different parts of a business and, and what exactly. you know the operations team does and what the marketing team does. And then now with the way that sales uh, in general is becoming segmented, Yes. You could say, all right, well, I don't really like running a full cycle or, you know, I really want to get past just setting meetings, you know, yes. whatever it is. Um, you know, there's options and, and, you know, kind of niche roles that you can find just within being a salesperson. Exactly. There's pre-sales, there's post-sales, there's customer success management. There's mm -hmm. so many things, but I think sales is definitely a good place to start. Yeah. And, and, and so from, you know, your kind of experience, I think one of the things that I remember about working together is when you are a part of a team that is trying to, uh, you know, essentially go from version 1.0 to 2.0, yeah. you know, that you've hired some new folks, you've got some processes in place, but you're not really entirely sure, um, you know, kind of, where it's going or how it's going to work out. I think there are a lot of salespeople in those positions, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I yeah. think there are a lot of companies that are, that are growing and, and yeah. startups and this whole kind of environment that we live in now, um, especially in the tech world and the SaaS yeah. world. So I always felt like you just did a good job of kind of what you mentioned earlier, like just what's going to work for me. Yes. Um, so it, talk to us about how, you know, if somebody's out there and they're kind of in this role that's lightly defined, they mm -hmm. have a title and they have you know, maybe an idea of what their uh, objectives are and the activities yeah. that they need to do to get there, but maybe feeling like mm, none of this really feels like me and I don't know how my personality is going to fit into this, if at all, what are some ways that folks can like find that information out yeah so for me um you know let's just say the person likes the company it's the role that's like eh, i'm not sure for yeah. me um as you well know don't be afraid to ask questions yep i think that is the most important thing is because people don't know that you don't know unless you tell them <laughs> yeah you no know? and but even in that that gives you the the clarity to say okay i've gone to them i've said this and I still don't know, then I think there's something, there's something else, some other things that you need to look at. But, you know, I definitely think it's starting with answering questions. You know, you, you can't take step one without an answered question. And I, and I think that's where you should start. Um, I think after diving in, new people into sales, diving in at one company um, should not then determine your trajectory in sales. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> because there are times that it is the company. Yeah. There are times when it is actually is the company. So I would say, you know, if this is something that you definitely want to try and you're like, um, I like what I'm doing. However, I have questions and I don't necessarily fit into what I'm going on. Then I think, yeah, then you think, you know, how long can I learn more here? Yeah. Am I being taught anything here? Yeah. And make a decision to go on, but I wouldn't, you know, jump out. Right yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's a very important thing because I know that I talk a lot about 
salespeople finding the right vehicle and finding the right company that's going to allow them to, you know, do the things that they want to do. Um, but a a key part of that is like giving it a shot, Yes, (laughs) you know, and not just after 90 days being like, Oh my God, I hate this. And now I'm going to, you know, uh, jump ship. I I, I think that's great advice. And, and one thing that I feel like happens, I mean, it's happened to me in my sales career, and I'm guessing it's happened to millions of other salespeople is the moment that you have a problem and internalize it. Yes. Is the moment that the seeds of, of, of just evil and darkness are are planted and (laughs) within months, you know, it's just like vines on a wall that have just completely overgrown, uh, you know, sometimes your entire day. I mean, um, and so I love that, that, you know, clear, honest, open communication about the things that you need answers to in order to get over, you know, in order to feel at least a little bit more knowledgeable about what's going on. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I, I definitely agree with that. I'm definitely a proponent of asking questions and make sure that you understand because maybe it's something that you don't understand. So I think definitely when you're interviewing, you know, for the new salespeople or people who, you know, people have their places where they're comfortable. I think the interview is a good place to ask all, a lot of those questions. Some things you're not going to be able to ask because you don't know, you're not in the role yet. But yeah. I think um, those are places, you know, to ask you know, what is the expectation? Um, how do you do this? If they, add, if they say something you don't understand, can you clarify? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to walk away with a great understanding because not only are they investing in you, you're investing in them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're paying yeah. you for time. It's yeah. an easy exchange. Mm-hmm. So I feel like definitely understanding, asking questions and, and getting some clarity before you even start. And then even after you start, how, how, how well are you, how well do you communicate, you know, with your employees or the people on your team? You know, what is the communication like? Is it, is it an open door? Can I come to you anytime I have a question? Yeah. You know, are there people readily available to help me when I don't understand what I'm doing? All those things are important. Yeah. And I think it's so important to, to kind of put your, put your flag in the ground and, yes. and demand these things. Absolutely. Because as a, you know, especially as a new salesperson, you may feel like, mm, I don't want to, I mean, I did this. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to seem dumb. I don't want to seem like I don't know what's going on. Or maybe I, I like, I'm afraid to ask questions because I don't, like, I want to get this job. Right. I want to seem like I know what the hell's going on. So I'm just going to say, yep, I know what that is. And yep, I know what that is. And figure it out when I get there, which I guess for some people works, right? For some, for some people, it absolutely works. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's what deter a lot of people from sales. I do, yeah. is asking a lot of questions initially. I, I really do. Um, and I don't think um, that, that asking those questions make you look um, any certain way. What it makes you look is interested. Yes. And that's what you I don't, don't realize. want to waste your time, but I don't want you to waste mine either. I don't want to miss an opportunity and I don't want you to miss out on the person who may be a better fit for the job. So yep. I think that's definitely a place to. to yeah. Well, the that. interview, the interview part is interesting because um, what you don't realize when you're, especially if you've never been in a position where you are, you know, tasked with hiring folks is like the hiring manager wants it to go well too. Yes. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. You know, he's going into meetings on a weekly basis. Like, have you filled these roles? Have you filled these roles? He wants you to do a great job. And um, so that's number one, 
right? So you can kind of knock like knock exactly. that off of, of of kind of the worry uh, block there in your mind. It's like okay, unless it's just a twisted place to work, <laughs> they, <laughs> they 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 want you to do well in the interview, right? Um, and then yeah, asking those questions, and this is something I've found personally, uh, is you end up seeming smarter. Yes. If you ask a lot of questions. Yes, you do. And there's been times where I've been maybe a little reluctant to ask questions. Like, he, he, like after I've been hired and in the role, you start rolling and, you know, maybe the new hire that came on with you isn't as asking as many questions as you have. Right. So you immediately start to kind of shrink back into your, yeah. Yeah. you know, internal struggle in in your mind and um but yeah that asking a lot of questions is actually the way that you stand out absolutely and it's it's again to your point you're whether or not you know it yet you're a valuable asset as a salesperson absolutely absolutely you know and i think a lot of times when you're coming into sales there's kind of the stereotype view of what a salesperson is like depending on who you talk to being a salesperson could be ranked as like one of the lowest quality jobs to yeah. have right and yeah. there's all, this, all these perceptions and so if you're not careful you know you could say well god what does my life become i go to a desk and i pick up a phone and i read a script and i go home you know yeah. or you could say you, you could look at it a completely different way and you know i'm helping this business figure out critical things to, to everybody else to have jobs here every day. Exactly. And that is how important sales is to an organization. Yeah. It's that empowerment mindset. You know, it's like, I am worth the time. They are here. They're interviewing me. I'm yes. interviewing them just as yes. much Yes. to see if it's a fit. So having that kind of, and I think that'll save lots of people from, you know, as you're going through that phase in your career where you maybe want to try different things, you know, to still have this way of going about it where you're vetting what you're Absolutely. about to do. And one thing that I think you definitely have kind of shown just by how your career has gone is like, you want to make sure that going into a new role, you know, that even if this doesn't work out, I'll be in a either the same or a better place than I was before I got here. Exactly. Whether that's because the company has a certain level of notoriety and having that on your resume is going to look good, or you went into a different role that is the type of role that you now want to be able to get going forward, exactly. whatever exactly. it is. Um, I think that's another key important thing. And I think you've definitely done that, right? Every time it's like kind of a level up or it's something, yes. you know, and it, it, it's going to help you continue to build that mosaic, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think for new people who are in, I think once, you know, you get in, you becoming acclimated, you're like, okay, this is something I can do, is then to begin to think, okay, where do I want to go? Mm -hmm. What is my thinking about that? Constantly right? thinking, what skill sets do I need? Because some job transitions that I made was, I can't get this skill here. Yes. But this skill is going to make me more valuable. So I need to go get this right here because this is where I want to go. So I think always keeping that in your, in your mind. Where yep. do I want to go? Yep. You know, is it um, more personal development? Is it a higher position? You know, what are my aspirations? Where can I take this? And keeping that in the forefront because that's sometimes what garners change. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's almost you have to treat your own career like you treat your sales pipeline, right? Absolutely. Be, 
you know, moving and, and it can't be static. It can't be still. No. Um, and I think. I tell people <laughs> stagnant water stinks. Yes. Any water that sits stinks. Yep. Thing. And, and your, your personal branding, your personal development, what you're learning is currency. It's moving and it's going to pay out. Mm-hmm. That's your currency. Yep. You know, and I think so we should always be pouring, pouring water or, you know, the proverbial water at the top of the funnel yep. to keep moving. We're going to push out those things that we don't need. We're going to hold, put it, put into buckets, those things that's going to get me to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. I love it. No, and I mean, I think it's a great way for people to think about their sales career. Um, you know, the, the role that they're in currently and whatever they're doing, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And then at a larger kind of magnified level, of how they need to think about their career because now now's the time like strike while it's hot absolutely absolutely paying attention to the signs yes paying attention to the signs and i think we've had that conversation before Mm -hmm. oh yeah and and, yeah you have to kind of constantly be you know watching what's going on around you, seeing how that's affecting you, seeing what you're doing is affecting what's going on around you and seeing how that's affecting you. And it's kind of this all, it's always going on and all of it's happening at the same time. Uh, And so, yeah, I think you started to go into it a little bit earlier, but I want to make sure that we give the folks that can't listen to the entire episode right now, a little sales tip that they can go back to their desk and use. So Sherry, what is a sales tip that these listeners can use when they get uh, back to their desks? Um, one thing that I've done, started many, many years ago and continue to do it is a to-do list. And I know many people say that, but I live by it. I live by it. Be, I have to write it down because if I don't write it down, I won't remember. But however you do it, speak it into your phone, write it, however... Um, because what that does is it allows you to stay focused on what you need to do and leaves the fluff behind. I, I have actually a list where I put my must-to-dos, my get it done, and my I'll get to it when I get to it. And it keeps in and, and every day. For me, it's every day. I know a lot of people who do it by the week. Um, but for me, it's every night. The last thing I do before I go to bed is, okay, what do I need to get? What's the most important thing I need to get accomplished in the morning? Hard or easy, those are the first things, is get those things done and just kind of move through it. And it definitely keeps me on task. Now, that's with anything. If uh, personal development is, is high priority to you, then what in personal development? What do I need to learn? Aside from I need to make this many calls, aside from I need to send this many emails, there's a point in the day. You can carve out an hour a day to say, okay, I need some personal development and stick that in there and hold yourself to that. There's something about writing it down that yeah. makes it permanent. No, I love it. And, and completely actionable. Right. And, and Absolutely. one of the, I think something that a lot of salespeople deal with is sometimes it's like, what the hell's next? Like, what do I do? Exactly. What do, I, what do I do today? Because not everybody works in a extremely micromanaged environment. Exactly. Hopefully more and more people are given lots of autonomy to kind of exactly work in a results-based environment, but to be successful. Yeah. To be successful. That's the key to being successful <laughs> yeah. is not to be micromanaged. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and on the back of that is 
okay, I've been given this autonomy. How do I hold myself accountable in a, in a tangible way? And yes. for me, yeah, the act of like writing things, yes. crossing it off. I mean, it's yes. satisfying Yes. anyway, right? Um, exactly. So I love it. I love it. Um, and so Sherry, I have to ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the sales, uh, the sales break, the lunch break podcast. Yes. What is your favorite place to eat lunch? I actually have two. I have macaroni grill, which I love. They have a grilled cheese sandwich and a strawberry spritzer that I love. That's a good combo. Oh, I love it. It's delicious. Everybody should try it. Yeah. And then the next place is, I don't know the name of the place, but it's in the food hall on Morgan Street. Okay, yeah. Go in, you make a left, <laughs> all the way to the back and make a left. <laughs> they have the best, the best shrimp and grits that I've had. They're probably my first, they're one of my top three in shrimp okay. area. All right. So Morgan Street food hall. Yes. Go in and go all the way back to the left. All the way back to the left. Got they're it. in the back corner. I Fabulous. It. I love it. Yeah, so... Very detailed directions for anybody that comes <laughs> down to Raleigh. Uh, Sherry, thank you so much for, for coming on episode 30 of the Lunch Break podcast. I, I feel like this time flew by. It did. It did. And we could probably keep talking for, for many, many more hours. But um, if folks want to continue talking to you and learning from you and bouncing ideas off of you, how can uh, people get in touch with you? Um, people feel free to contact me on LinkedIn, um, Sherry M. Henry. Uh, that's who I am. My picture is nicely displayed there. I'm also on Instagram, Sherry M. Henry there. Twitter, what? same thing, Sherry M. Henry. Easy. Or feel free to shoot me an email, which is Sherry M. Henry <laughs> at Yahoo. So I absolutely. Love I, I love, love to talk to people. So that would be great. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it, guys. Um, Sherry is somebody who I've just always enjoyed speaking with about sales things, life things, and, and uh, a great person to be connected with. And uh, super grateful that you came on the show today, Thank Sherry. You. Thank you. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 30 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Speak to you guys soon. Okay. Boom. Way to go. Oh.